Welcome to Living Water Radio. Are you blessed? You may think so, but when you read today's telling of what Jesus calls blessed, it might make your hair stand on end. And it will give you a clue for how to process the horrific violence we saw last Sunday in Monterey Park, where I have been temporarily serving very part-time in retirement since last June. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister, actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm temporarily serving a Lutheran church in Monterey Park, California, part-time, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We had an earthquake last Tuesday night. It seemed an appropriate expression of the upheaval we felt in Monterey Park last Sunday. I started doing supply preaching after I retired, leading worship and preaching at churches when they needed someone to fill in for their pastor or were between pastors. I served several Sundays at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Monterey Park. They asked if I could come every Sunday plus six hours during the week in the spring of 2022 to help them emerge from the pandemic and develop as they prepared to search for a new pastor. I started in June. Trinity Faith Lutheran Church, a Mandarin Chinese-speaking congregation of our denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, shares St. Paul's facilities. This is significant because Monterey Park, according to the 2020 census, is 65% Asian, most of whom are ethnically Chinese. St. Paul's is mostly white, but with a few Asian members and regular visitors. Monterey Park is a family-oriented community and has relatively little serious crime. That stability was shaken last Sunday morning. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is a docent at the Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles. She had to get up early to get to the museum for a gathering to honor another volunteer there who had died suddenly. We got up at 6 a.m., and when we turned on the TV news, we saw the headlines. Mass shooting in Monterey Park, 10 dead and 10 injured. The shooting had taken place about one and a half miles north of St. Paul's, near the same street on which the church is located. Ten dead and ten injured, now eleven dead and nine injured. I stared at the TV trying to process what I was seeing. Nothing about that headline made sense. In what universe do the words Monterey Park and mass shooting go together? None, except now one. Sally went to her event and I went to mine. I called our son to make sure he knew what had happened before he came to worship and drove to the church. I rewrote my sermon in my mind on the way. I drove up the street past the church to where traffic was being detoured away from the crime scene. I felt that I needed to be there. I needed to be a witness, to take it in, to let the reality sink in, even if from a distance. I returned to the church to begin worship in the midst of a catastrophe and shared some thoughts at the beginning of the service, thoughts that I'm sure many others had as well, but would benefit from hearing said out loud. What can the church say in a moment like this? 
First, that this was the fifth mass shooting in the United States this year. This year. And it was only January 22nd. Since then, there have been several dozen. Second, that we seem to have become numb to these things until perhaps they happen nearby or to people we know and love. How could that happen? Because Every time they do, we hear people, both officials and just people we know, saying the same things, and nothing changes. That needs to change. Third, we need common-sense gun control laws that are also respectful of our rights under the Second Amendment to our Constitution, including a national background check required. Fourth, there is a moral aspect to that discussion. Just because we have a right to have something doesn't mean we should have it. We have a right to bear arms. Whether or not we do is a moral question. We need to have that discussion. Fifth, we need a common resolve among taxpayers and voters to provide affordable, destigmatized mental health care for everyone at every level. That treatment must include dealing with issues of perfectionism and conflict management. Sixth, Citizens of our country who care about building a civil society must turn away from our current culture and learn to put the interests of others ahead of their own. We must learn to make our default impulse to love and not hate, to seek reconciliation and not violence. We will need to practice comprehensive community engagement and community-based prevention programs. It will take everybody to reform our culture, or it won't result in a lasting contribution to our society at all. Seventh, what has become our radical individualism needs a correction. Our first thought when slighted should be reflection on what outcome benefits the community. Our last thought should be the same. Eighth, we must communicate the message of the gospel that Jesus died for sinners. I think that it's possible that the shooter in the Monterey Park murders allowed his hurt feelings to grow into rage, and then he gave into it and acted in that rage. In that moment, he wanted to make others pay for his pain. How do we overcome everything we know about the nearly universal value, thou shalt not kill, stealing a life that is not ours, but belongs to God. But violence never satisfies that rage, and in the end, when the man returned to his right mind and the enormity of what he had done closed in on him, he saw no way out, no path to forgiveness, no possibility of grace. Why do you think the guy took his own life, again, stealing something that belongs to God? The gospel tells us that no one is beyond redemption. We need to do a better job of finding the isolated and bringing them to the community of Christ that is the church. We need to do a better job of communicating the message of mercy seen in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Ninth, I attended the first community vigil at City Hall on Monday night. Political and religious leaders spoke to the pain people felt a dull, confused, uncomprehending pain. A nearby fire truck blasted a burst from its siren as it headed out on a call. It sounded like someone crying. More than one person quoted an idea that we call all people to live, one that is found in both the Old and New Testaments of the Bible and seen in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Tenth, and most importantly, we as Christians need to do a better job of leading sinners, all those living in separation from God, to the transformational relationship with God in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot change the human heart, but we can point people to the peace that passes human understanding. We can't force human behavior to change, at least not for long, but we can introduce people to Jesus Christ, who makes everyone who turns to him into a new creation. We see the key to that transformation in a sermon of Jesus commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, our main Bible reading for today. It points away from everything that the world values and points us to the reign of God, who makes all things new. What would you need to call yourself blessed? What does the world think it would need? Take a look at who Jesus calls blessed in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Could this be any farther from the values of the world? Jesus describes what it means to be blessed in the reign of God. Being blessed is knowing that you have nowhere to turn but to God, and that you have someone to whom you can turn. Being blessed is living in the freedom that knows that this world is not all there is, that there is a better life that has been prepared for us. Being blessed is knowing that you are not alone, that God enters into our weakness, our mourning, our desire for a better world, our work for peace, and our testimony to the reliability of God in Jesus Christ, and He meets us there. The comedian Gary Shandling once reflected on Leo DeRocher, the ruthless coach of the Dodgers when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers, who famously said, nice guys finish last. Gary Shandling said, nice guys finish first, and anyone who doesn't know that doesn't know where the finish line is. God calls for justice among all his people, but justice in the Bible is in God's hands. Justice is doing God's will. May we bring this message to our hurting community. May our message be that you are not alone, that God brings a message of comfort and love, one of mercy and justice, one of grace and peace, and that we sinners who have received the mercy of God offer you our community of faith here and now and for abundant life everlasting. 
Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <music>